The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Six-year-old little girl doesn't just disappear off the face of the earth. I hollered for her and she didn't come and she was usually the first one at the door when I hollered. Brittany didn't live with her father, Raymond Beers. He lived across town. He says he was at home. Brittany lived with her mom, Tina Stetler, in an apartment. Tina says she was at the store getting milk. Brittany's uncle, Jimmy Beers, was staying at the apartment. He is Raymond's brother, but at the time, he was also Tina's boyfriend. He says he was asleep inside. To the prosecutor, a state agency in charge of the safety and well-being of children had already been investigating Brittany's family life, weeks before she disappeared. Referrals had been made. There were a number of people that were concerned about the Beers children. Once Brittany disappeared, that investigation was put on hold. Still no leads, no suspects, and no sign of Brittany. As long as it remains an open case, then no one is ruled out as a suspect. No one. And if the image of this little girl's face slips from strangers' memories, it only grows stronger for her father, who remembers when Brittany was just days old. Welcome to J is for Justice podcast. If live breaking news and following true crime is your thing, then please consider subscribing to my channel. And if you like what you see in my videos, please consider giving them a thumbs up. Hi everybody and welcome back to J is for Justice. My name is Jay and I am your host. Today's video is an old case, a cold case, out of my home state of Michigan. And this happened in Sturgis, Michigan in 1997. Six-year-old Brittany Beers lived with her mother, Tina Stetler, and her uncle, James Allen Beers, in Village Manor Apartments in Sturgis, Michigan. She attended the Fawn River School, and she loved art and playing outside. One picture that made her particularly proud was an arrangement she made from oak leaves pasted on paper. Her half-sister, 10-year-old Dixie, described Brittany as being, quote, very shy and, quote, so scared and skittish about talking to strangers. Like Dixie... Brittany was a tomboy, and she loved to be outdoors. Both Dixie and Brittany were the daughters of Raymond Beers, but they lived with different mothers. And while the sisters were close, they mostly saw each other at the Geraldine Playground. Dixie said, I was not allowed to visit Brittany's house. It's a complicated situation. Brittany's mother lived with my dad's brother. Both families lived within a short distance of the playground, and the sisters would meet there to play. 
On the evening of September the 16th, 1997, six-year-old Brittany was playing outside of her apartment. She was wearing a white tank top with a floral print, pink tie-dye shorts, and white sneakers. At around 8.30 p.m., her mother went to run errands, leaving Brittany playing alone on her bicycle outside. Just five minutes later, a passerby spotted Brittany sitting on a bench out in front of the apartments as he walked to the burger dairy store nearby. Brittany appeared to be speaking to a man in a red or brown car. This was the last time anyone ever saw Brittany. She was reported missing later that night at 10.30 p.m. A search party was assembled and they assisted police in the foot-by-foot search of the area surrounding Brittany's apartment. Sturgis Public Safety Director Jeff Smith was one of the first officers to respond to the missing child report and remembers the night extremely vividly. He said that first night was about 20 hours long. We slept for about four hours and we were back at it. It felt like that for a couple of weeks, he recalled. A bloodhound was able to track Brittany's scent to the parking lot of a nearby convenience store, frequently used by interstate truckers. But the scent stopped there. At one point in the investigation, investigators focused on a 40-acre area where Brittany was known to play that included open fields, railroad tracks, and storage buildings. No matter where investigators and volunteers looked, there was absolutely no sign of Brittany. Early on in the investigation, authorities speculated that it's more and more likely that Brittany was abducted rather than she ran away. Agent Chuck Goodwin stated, there's certainly a potential for an abduction. It's pretty reasonable to think that there's obviously something more than her just having wandered or walked away. Rumors about the family started to circulate throughout the neighborhood. Neighbors spoke of neglect and abuse in Brittany's household. Several people noted that Brittany was often spotted playing outside by herself and once told a neighbor that her mother would lock her out of the house if she was bad. One of Brittany's neighbors, Gail Ashbrook, often saw Brittany playing alone in a sandbox near her apartment. She would tell Brittany to go home because the sandbox was quite far from where she lived and she didn't think she should be out there alone. In fact, just days after Brittany disappeared, James Allen Beers was arrested on unrelated domestic violence charges. He was accused of striking Brittany's mother with a bottle. The last ever photograph of Brittany was taken by a babysitter on Children's Day at the St. Joseph County Grange Fair. It was taken just the day before she disappeared. There was a stark change in Brittany's appearance. Her hair had been all chopped off. Her older sister Dixie stated, Uncle James chopped her hair because he said she wasn't taking care of it. Then in January of 1998, Brittany's 13-year-old brother, Joshua Lee Folsom, and her three-year-old sister, 
Autumn Stetler were removed from the home due to alleged abuse by James Allen Beers. Stetler had been urged to leave James due to the abuse, but when she refused, her children were taken from her care. Following their removal, Stetler had dispositional hearings where she was ordered to find a job, maintain a residence stable and suitable enough for her children, and most importantly, to stay away from James Allen Beers. St. Joseph County Family Court Judge Thomas Shoemaker was over the case. And he stated, I'm not going to return the children to her with James Beers around, knowing her son is afraid of him, knowing what he's done to other children. The court records also show allegations of child abuse from Kevin Folsom, the father of Joshua. Folsom was convicted on a charge of criminal sexual conduct and had been in prison since 1996. And who was Folsom's victim? It was Brittany. At just three years old, Brittany was sexually abused by him. The abuse came to light when she refused to let her babysitter bathe her one evening. When the babysitter questioned Brittany, she told her that Folsom had been molesting her. In an August 1995 interview, Folsom told police that he had become aroused while bathing the toddler and started to touch her. To say that Brittany didn't have a picturesque childhood would be an understatement. Autumn's father was Lonnie Garvey, a cook at Herman's East Side Food Shop. Lonnie passed away in 1996, but those who knew him said he was a good father and would often be seen feeding Brittany and her siblings at the restaurant. Maybe he was the stability that the family desperately needed. A waitress at the restaurant theorized, and I quote, I think someone took her to give her a better home. The following year, Stetler had a termination petition hearing in which she volunteered to give up her parental rights. She admitted that she didn't have the accommodation or finances to take care of her two remaining children. Brittany had been removed from the petition as she still remained missing. Tina asked that her father be granted custody of Joshua while a brother and sister-in-law be granted custody of Autumn. Over the forthcoming years, police investigated over a thousand leads. Age progression images of Brittany were released every once in a while in the hopes that somebody somewhere knew something and would come forward. Moreover, missing person posters with Brittany's face on the front were plastered to the back of 500 Zellerbach trucking semi-trailers, while there were another 200 displayed on NASCAR and Hot Rod Association vehicles. Investigators chased a lead that came from Detroit. Over 2,000 pornographic images were discovered on a computer in the St. Clair Shores home of Russell Toombs. Russell Toombs, age 41, had more than a dozen photographs where an unidentified girl appeared to be four to six years old was in them. The photos showed the young girl crying, being raped by an older man and tied up in a laundry room and in a bedroom. 
Macomb County Prosecutor Carl Marlinga said, we think this pornography was made domestically in the United States. Most pornography comes from Europe, and this looks different. The furnishings, the appearance of the place. St. Clair Shores Police released a photograph of the, in the media of the little girl in the hopes that somebody could identify her. They shortly received a phone call from the Sturgis Police Department, who considered that the girl in the photographs could have been Brittany. The following week, however, they determined that it was not her. The girl in the photographs was later tracked down in Texas and did testify against her parents, who were convicted of charges related to child pornography. One of the suspects in the case was Daniel Kevin Furlong. Furlong was convicted of the 2007 murder of 11-year-old Jody Perrick. He was arrested after he attempted to restrain a 10-year-old girl from White Pigeon with electrical cords and threatened her with a knife in his garage. Thankfully, she managed to escape. But after this arrest, DNA in his car linked him to the murder of Jody. Furlong was extensively investigated as a suspect, but authorities could not believe anything he said. They said, I can't eliminate him, but I can't make him a person of interest. He couldn't tell me the truth about anything. Furlong was sentenced to 30 to 60 years in prison for the murder of Jody. Every year to mark Brittany's disappearance, a group of people would gather at the Village Manor Apartments where Brittany was last spotted. The bench where she was last seen is now long gone, but the memories still remain. Ruth Ann Beers and her husband James, who lived in Corpus Christi, Texas, made the trip most years to commemorate Brittany. They are Brittany's grandparents. Brittany's own mother attended just one vigil. Eventually, the case went cold, and Sturgis police now receive little to no tips in the case. Nevertheless, they do examine whatever leads trickle in and continue to re-examine old information in the hopes that one day they will get a break in Brittany's case. As of today, little Brittany Beers still remains missing. If you have any information about the disappearance of Brittany Beers, please call the Sturgis Police at area code 269-651-3231. Please do share this video out so we can help find Brittany Beers after all this time. Thank you, everybody, and stay safe.